unveiling the secrets A-list copywriters use to make themselves and their clients millions. This is the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. All right, copywriters, welcome back to the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. David, how are you doing today, man? Hey, I'm good, Nathan. How are you? I am, I've been waiting on pins and needles all week because you said that you had uh, you had an, a surprising episode about the amazing power of surprise. And so, yeah, okay, I'm ready for it. Well, Nathan, I, I want to go far back in time to the Paleolithic age. <clears throat> That'd be 1965. And <laughs> I, I was in seventh grade. And I'm not sure what what came over me, but I decided to play a little prank on my mother. So I started taking this art class, and my mother always liked to talk to me about, you know, what classes I was taking in school and how my day went. And for some reason, I decided to tell her, instead of art class, I said the class was called agricultural architecture. I just I just spun this thing out of whole cloth. And um, she was fascinated. And, and frankly, you know, being from New York, a little horrified by that. I mean, the area we were living was slightly rural anyway, and she didn't want her son to grow up to be a country boy, you know? <laughs> so, so anyway, uh, I definitely had her attention. And the next day she asked me how it was, and I said, well, the music teacher came and we all put on overalls and then we learned songs to sing while you're planting corn. Oh, no. And <laughs> the next day, and, you know, this kept going on. I, I said, well, today, everybody, we went out behind the, the lawn in the school and we sort of took a little pile of dirt and made it into a small hill and we planted a seed of corn in that. And we call that the hill method. And I, I just kept doing this stuff and and she I, you know now that i think back you know her eyes were getting wider and and it was not a pleasant expression on her face but i was you know i was having fun i didn't i didn't know any better and i found out better when um <laughs> one day i came in and i remember the teacher who was also from new york her name was mrs callahan and she looked at me she was just disgusted she said mr garfinkel what is this about corn in the cornfields Go to the counselor's office immediately. And so I went to the counselor's office and I sit down. And the first thing she says to me is, David, do you always lie to your parents? <laughs> and I said, oh, I wasn't lying. I was just being creative. And I got in trouble for that and got over it. And as I look back on it now, I realize I did a lot of things wrong. Um, including, you know, really upsetting my mother, upsetting the people in the school system, lying or being creative, as I called it at the time. <laughs> but one thing I did right was I surprised the living hell out of my mother. And actually, <laughs> the people at school, when they found out that while everyone else was taking art class, I was taking agricultural architecture. So there are actually more more positive and uh, constructive ways to use surprise. And that's what we're going to talk about today. 
but first, let me start with our our. This is this is almost like a, you know, uh, our motto or our chant. Um, copy is powerful. You're and not surprising, but you're responsible for how you use what you hear on this podcast. And most of the time, common sense is all you need. But if you make extreme claims and or you're writing copy for offers in highly regulated industries like health or finance or business opportunity, you may want to get a legal review after you write and before you start using your copy. My larger clients do this all the time. So, Nathan, I think this will uh, resonate with you um, since in addition to your um, skill and excellence in podcasting and marketing, copywriting, you come from the world of entertainment as well. I would say that more than anything else, surprises the magic excitement dust of entertainment. When you're entertaining, surprise is definitely something that, uh, that grabs attention and, and really solidifies the experience for the audience. Okay, so let me, let me give you some examples from entertainment, and then we'll see how this all applies to copy. So there's a song from way back in the day, uh, like 1970, um, and it's a Grateful Dead song. It's called High Time, but it's actually not about getting high. And it's, it's a very touching country rock kind of song. And it's about a misunderstanding where a woman tells um, the guy singing the song goodbye, and, and he thinks it's over, and only after it was too late what she really meant to say, what she meant when she said that was, please don't let me go. Now, that's how the whole thing starts. I mean, it just stabs you in the heart in a, in a good way for, uh, as entertainment. And so you can see the surprise there. She said one thing and it meant just the other. And because he didn't understand it meant just the other, it ended the relationship because mm. he should have held on to her, pursued her. So I wanted to rewrite this verse but change the the course of events change the meaning so it's not very surprising to show why surprise is necessary by by showing something that's just going to fall flat can, uh, can i before you do that yeah. i want to give a little bit of insight to the listeners for the notes you have here it says mm-hmm. versus my rewrite and then in brackets it says corny af i just wanted to because they're not going to be able to hear that i just wanted to put that there. <laughs> I, i'm glad you said that yeah so to set you up uh, the the following four lines will be very corny okay you said goodbye and held me tight you know i found it heartwarming yeah sure i'll miss you tonight but i'll see you in the morning <laughs> that's pretty bad right and it's and for many reasons that doesn't work, but the main, except, you know, maybe, maybe in a children's uh, cartoon or something, but the the point I want to make is it's not that surprising. It's like, okay, I said goodnight, give you a hug, see you in the morning. So what? Right. Mm-hmm. No surprise there. That's, that's what a lot of people do. Um, now let's also talk about the Beatles. Uh, the Beatles did something different. They used a lot of harmonic surprises. I'm not going to get at all into music theory. I'm just going to say that as listeners to music, we are used to chords progressing, changing in a certain way. And they would, they would do tricks. They would make little changes. They would, they would lead you 
harmonically where you wouldn't expect it to go. Most people didn't even notice this, but I, I took a whole course on that. And, and the, the guy who had two degrees in music and was a producer and a, a songwriter uh, and a successful one, you know, broke it down. Now, that's all interesting, but so what? Well, here's so what. Lennon and McCartney have more number one hits in, on the uh, Billboard Hot 100, which is like sort of the way you measure hits, than anyone else in history ever, period. So I don't think it was just the surprise. I think it was a lot of things, but I think the surprise was a major hidden element of that. Okay. Mm. Now, same thing about surprise in movies and TV and fiction. When I was studying screenwriting, and by the way, I decided not to do it, but I learned a lot in the process. I mean, they decided not to do it for a living, but or try, <laughs> which is the same thing for a lot of people. Um, if you're doing a car chase in a movie, which is sort of standard in an action movie, one of the things the screenwriter has to do is review almost, you know, frame by frame, every single car chase that's ever been in a movie and come up with something different, not only something different, but something that's going to surprise the reader. Cause you want people going, Oh no, no way that couldn't happen. Right. When they're watching the movie. And so that's an example of surprise. Well, with an, with an action scene too, um, the point is to make it, the, the point is, you know, it's, you got to be on the edge of your seat. You got to be not able to see what's coming next. And uh, if, if your action scene lacks that element, you've, you've completely sabotaged what you're trying to attempt. That's right. That's right. And, you know, that, that's true in terms of the scene. What about in terms of a whole story, especially a thriller or a mystery novel? Um, it's got to be something that most people don't expect. Now, there, there are very clever people who can predict what's going to happen. And if they're going to enjoy um, a thriller or, you know, a, a mystery novel, then they're going to have to appreciate the way the author did it because maybe they're going to know, but 95% of people won't know if it's a really good writer. You know, you think of someone like Lee Child, right? Or maybe James Patterson or just best selling authors of thrillers and mystery novels. And you usually just don't see it coming. So same thing, right? Yeah. And I know a lot of times that one movie that, uh, that has that twist ending, people will be talking about it all summer. Some, some, uh, film directors like, uh, um, M night Shamalak. Yeah. I can't pronounce his last name. I can't either, but I know who you mean. He's great. Or, uh, the guy that, uh, the guy that's, um, JJ Abrams, they, mm -hmm. They've built their entire careers based off of being able to surprise their audience. Yeah. So obviously a lot of power in, in the world of entertainment, but what about copywriting, right? Because we're not looking to create entertainment, especially if the entertainment is going to, you know, drown out the uh, sales message. We're not looking to do the same thing that a songwriter or a screenwriter is. On the other hand, we don't want, our copy to be boring. As David Ogilvy said, you cannot bore your prospect into buying, <laughs> right? <laughs> so um, let's talk about why surprise works and then, then we can dig into how you can do it in copy. 
Um, people generally, most people, maybe not you, Nathan, maybe not you, the listener, if you're an adventurous copywriter like Jay Peterman, but most people have generally pretty humdrum, boring, routine lives. They, they even kind of like it that way. It's predictable. It's safe. But it's also not stimulating. And surprise actually breaks this humdrum cycle by stimulating brain chemicals. For example, when the surprise is exciting or inspiring or when it's leading to hope, then you get an influx of brain chemicals like dopamine or serotonin or oxytocin. And that feels good. Eh? When the surprise is scary or sad or it makes you angry, then you get an influx of brain chemicals like adrenaline and cortisol. And even though those aren't always necessarily pleasant by themselves, it's a change from the normal humdrum life. And that's why people go to terror films, for example. That's probably why I watch uh, Homeland every Sunday. It, it just shakes me up and I kind of like that experience because I don't really have to face the danger or, or pick up the pieces myself and just watch it and then go and do something else. In either case, people like to be nudged. Either case being, you know, exciting, positive or scary, negative. They like to be nudged out of their humdrum lives. And as copywriters, we need to stimulate emotion in our prospects in order to make them receptive to taking action, right? To make them receptive to buying. So how do we use surprise and copyright? Uh, I've got five ways for you. I want to take a moment to point out how vitally important headlines are in copy. As you may already know, the strength of your headline accounts for up to 80 or even 90% of the effectiveness of your ad. Think about that. What if there were a way to shortcut the headline writing process and start a new headline based on a proven winner? Well, there is. It's all in my book called Advertising Headlines That Make You Rich. This book is available now on Amazon.com. Advertising Headlines That Make You Rich. What's unique about this book is it shows you exactly how to adapt a proven winner to your product or service. Because I show you 10 adaptations for each headline in different niches and explain the psychology of how to adapt a headline. Advertising Headlines That Make You Rich in hard copy and Kindle formats on Amazon. Now, back to our show. Number one, surprising new offer or headline or product. Something where the offer itself, the thing that you're selling is a surprise. And if you remember in our last episode, we had Joe Sugarman's headline for the laser beam digital watch that went, never press another button, night or day, with America's first digital watch that glows in the dark. Um, that was, at the time, a big surprise. And um, today, maybe it's not such a big deal. You know, you have a lot of options. I don't know, maybe you can put your Apple Watch or, or your, um, maybe there, there's a watch that, that comes with the Android phones, and maybe you can leave it, you know, on or glowing or something. Maybe it has a setting like that. But in 1976, that was a surprise. Before we go, what I want to what I want to emphasize with that is the same headline wouldn't have the same impact today that it did back in the 70s. And the biggest reason why is because today it's not surprising. If you said, oh, you can look at your watch and, and uh, it can tell you night or day what time it is, 
people will be like, yeah, well, you know, my iWatch does that with the, tw- the turn of a wrist. So it's not surprising. But back then it was. So the exact same words have a totally different impact merely based off of the surprise factor. Yes, that that's a great point. So it's not just the words; it's it's the context, you know, the the zeitgeist, the the what's going on in the culture, what's going on around you. Yeah, so great point. Okay, so that's number one uh, surprising new offer headline. But I mean, it's got to be new to the marketplace just because you came up with it, <clears throat> and doesn't mean that. Uh, other people haven't seen it before. You need to make sure of that. Let's let's look at another one, which is unique verbs. Um, and this is an idea I got from John Carlton. He likes to use very very colorful verbs: uh, cram, stun, maim, crush, coax. Right? Very colorful verbs. And he has a rule which is hard to follow but well worth it if you can do it skillfully. He says, never use the same verb more than once in a piece of copy. Now, that's, that's pretty interesting. That's a challenge. That means you're really going to have to be reaching and rewriting and stuff like that. And you, can you see how as you come across a verb you didn't see before, you might not have expected, that would create a little bit of surprise just by itself. Now, there is one exception to that. Don't find different ways to use the word say or said because that doesn't sound natural and it, it really sounds sort of stilted and, um, uh, you know, trumped up and phony when you do that. You don't want to say he elocuted or she intoned. It sounds contrived. Uh, said and asked are usually the only verbs you want to use there. But for any other action, you you know, to find a different verb. And notice also, Carlton's verbs are really short. Of the five I gave you, uh, four of them are only four letters, and they're all one syllable. Mm. And what they help do is they help keep the reader from getting bored. If the reader keeps seeing the same verb over and over again, they kind of uh, they kind of feel like maybe it's lazy writing. They kind of get used to it, but by, by uh, adding a cram or a maim or a crush into the mix, it re-energizes the copy. Yeah, and those verbs are, are you know, very active and very aggressive, too. Um, it's not, they're not verbs like lay there or sleep or steady as a verb, like he steadied the boat. I mean, these, these are verbs about disruption, so that's a, that's a good point, too. All right. Uh, so that's number two, unique verbs. Number three is imaginative, but easy to grasp metaphors and comparisons that you can use in your stories and in your bullets and probably elsewhere. Um, things they don't accept, expect. So instead of using normal cliches, twist them a little. Um, you want to use exciting, unexpected images, but this is important. Nothing that's too hard to grasp. Nothing that's so creative and imaginative. Um, you know, the, the lattice structure of dandelion seeds as they float through the air with a particular wind of a sheer force. Unknown. 
no, stop it. Don't, don't do that. Right. Okay. <laughs> uh, simple stuff. So, um, here, here are a few examples. Smooth is a Northern Lake on a windless day. You know, that's different than smooth as silk or smooth as glass. So, and it's good. And you, you sort of get, get the sense that Northern Lake is calm and not chilly. It's, you know, moderate weather. So there's a lot in, in that phrase. Um, how about this one? As excited as a chipmunk who's just broken into the almond processing plant. <laughs> I like that one. Thanks. And um, this one, I saw something on a TV show, a fiction show, uh, that, or uh, you know, not not a news show, but an entertainment show uh, that that's inspired this one. Making more money than the pharmacist who's running a meth lab on the side. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll we'll glaze over that one. <laughs> okay. Um, and number four. Um, Surprising pricing. So, yeah, again, number three is um, metaphors and comparisons that are imaginative, that are a little off the beaten track, but not hard to grasp. Number four would be uh, surprising pricing in terms. Now, this, again, is where you really need to do competitor research and find out what everyone else is doing and find something a little different. And Gary Halbert did this many years ago when it wasn't as common in the infomercial industry as it probably is now. Um, he was helping the infomercial giant, uh, Guthy Ranker, sell something. And I think he didn't change the copy. All he said is, just let the customer have it and not pay for 30 days. You know, just hold their credit card and, and don't ring it up. And they can, they can cancel it and return it. And credit card would never be charged. And when he did that, when they implemented it and put it in their infomercials, it tripled their sales. Mm. Now, it doesn't mean if you do that, it's going to triple your sales. You've got to come up with something that's surprising and pleasing that maybe nobody else has. But you can add surprise that way. It doesn't have to be entertaining or weird. It, it, it's just something that person goes, wow, I didn't know you could get that those kind of terms. That's very cool. What that brings to mind is uh, that I heard another story about um, uh, in the old infomercial days where, uh, where people would say customer call now customer services standing by. And then somebody made the change and said, call now. If you're not able to get through, make sure that you call back. Um, that totally changed what everybody was so used to hearing customer services waiting by or representatives are standing by. People were so used to hearing that, that when somebody says, if you're not able to get through, make sure that you call back again, that little tweak at the end, they said that it ended up um, drastically increasing the amount of people that called because it, it did a couple of things. It, it, uh, it made people see the offer as more in demand but it also broke the pattern. Everybody was so used to hearing customer services standing by or representatives are standing by. That little tweak at the end of the commercial, uh, they said that it, it ended up being like a five times increase in sales just by that one tweak on the end of the, com- on the, end of the infomercial. Yeah, if, if you jolt somebody out of their you know, habitual trance with, with something like that, uh, I, I can see why that would work. That's an excellent example. That's really good. 
Um, okay, so that's number four, surprising. Um, well, pricing in terms, and then what you mentioned, just changing the language a little bit so the person goes, oh, shit, I might not be able to get, I might not. I might not be able to get through. I better call, I better call while I still can, right? Mm-hmm. And then number five is to put together a surprising bonus. Um, there are all kinds of surprising bonuses, but my favorite example is what my friend Doberman Dan is doing. He's really good at this. Um, and he has a membership group. And when you join the membership group, he sends you a special gold-colored coin with a custom insignia on it related to the group. And recently, he sent out a USB thumb drive in the shape of a knight, like a knight in shining shining armor, Mm -hmm. um, complete with a sword. And that's appropriate for his group because it's called Marketing Camelot, Knights of the Round Table. That's what he calls it. So that's a surprise, and he consistently does things like that. And I haven't asked him how it helps his retention, but I'd be willing to bet that it does. Mm. Uh, another mutual friend of yours, mine, and Dan's is Ben Settle. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ben Settle does the th- same thing when you buy his newsletter. Occasionally, you'll get a coffee mug that just shows up in unexpected or a, a, a baseball cap that shows up unexpected in the mail and uh, those little um surprise gifts definitely go a long way as far as retaining people oh they do you know far disproportionately to their cost um so yeah that's a great point so surprise gifts surprise bonus yeah um so again let's let's go through these five um the, the first one is you know, a surprising new offer or headline or product like um, a glow-in-the-dark digital watch. And then the second one is unique verbs. Third one is imaginative, easy-to-grasp metaphors and comparisons. Fourth is surprising pricing and terms. And the fifth is surprise bonus or surprise gifts. And again, surprise works because it actually changes the brain chemistry of the person in a way which uh, most people crave. It's, that's why they watch TV. It's why they watch movies. Probably why people play video games too. Um, it keeps the brain guessing and it keeps it entertained. And this is another way of generating emotion. And again, here's a little caution. Don't let your inventiveness coming up with surprises take over your sales argument. The sales argument is the most important thing in copy. So. Think of surprise as the seasoning, not as the main course. Okay. Nice. Uh, one thing that kept coming up in my brain that I maybe is not appropriate for the show, but uh, the reason, the biggest reason that they say people have uh, extramarital affairs is because they lack, they lack the surprise in their relationship. And um, this is a way that you can use that psychology to less... Um, self-destructive means. I think I understand what you're saying. Um, Don't offer people the opportunity to have an extramarital affair, but give them some of the variety in maybe a more wholesome way that they're craving. Is that (laughs) that what you're getting at? There you go. Make sure that you make sure that you have that surprise in your relationship with them. They're reading your sales copy. They're looking at your offer. Uh, Make sure that you have a little bit of spice there so they don't be, 
um, shopping the market and looking at other offers. I I just thought of a you know a, a really good good line uh, for the guy who's selling the real dolls. You know, our doll never says, "Not tonight, honey. I have a headache." Unless you want her to. All right. I think uh, I think we just picked up a new client. <laughs> <laughs> Either that or lost a few subscribers. Well, uh, we got to have fun here. That's important too. All right. So yeah, that that wraps it up. Uh, I hope that was useful and it was certainly fun talking about. Yeah, absolutely, David. Another fantastic episode. What do we got coming up next week? Yeah. Um, I'm working on a special report from the field. I'm actually traveling all across the country um, to uh, court this mystery guest. And I'll let you know next week. How's that? Oh, so it's going to be a surprise. (laughs) No, I got caught with my hand in the candy jar. Yes, (laughs) it is. Awesome. All right, David, again, thank you so much. And uh, listeners, check out the Copywriters Podcast for more. And uh, we'll catch you next time. See you next time. Before we go, a quick question. Would you like to have me as a guest on your podcast? Let me give you an easy way to contact me about that. We've put up a form on garfinkelmedia.com, and it won't take much more than a minute to fill it out. So if you'd like to have me on your show, just go to garfinkelmedia.com and fill out the form. That's garfinkelmedia.com. Thanks, and see you next time on the Copywriters Podcast.